Boom! What's going on, guys? Energy news rant here on this gorgeous Monday, November 16th, 2020. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to us pretty much as blather about what's going on in the oil and gas field. As always, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Denver, Colorado, joined by the executive producer of the show, the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com, international man of mystery, and someone who's about to be wildly busy this week, Stuart Turley. How you doing? Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We are swamped, and I guarantee you there's some gigantic stuff uh, about to hit the news desk this week. So. I know. Not only are we going to have just our actual jobs to do, who thought we had actual jobs? Just, <laughs> we don't just get paid to scream into these mics? I guess not. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of news this week. Uh, we'll cover everything that happened this, uh, this week on the show today. Stu's got some interesting stuff on the international news that's kind of dominated the news week. Um, we'll have a collective laugh at the farters, um, the artist formerly known as in Canada. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, you just can't make some of this stuff up. We'll go over. Really interesting hedging update as well. And I think lends some light into really what I think is a dichotomy from what you're hearing from a lot of the you know, you know a lot of the energy media here. So it'll be interesting. Um, I know we might actually talk a little bit of politics too, but hopefully we'll keep it light. Um, but first, guys, before we get into all that, just check out oilandgas360.com. The show is brought to you by the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. You can I, literally it's your one-stop shop to stay updated on everything energy news. You we have over fourteen thousand people who subscribe to one-click updates, which means anytime we drop something, boom, news alert. Well, it's it's cheaper than a terminal, people. It's cheap because trust me, I'm I help uh, uh, curate 360. I'm looking at a terminal right now. So if it hits the terminal, guess what? It hits 360. So there's no why pay two thousand a month for a terminal. Come over to 360, start reading our stuff. I mostly kid, but I'm not. It's pretty simple, guys. Um, if it's hitting the news world, we're running it. Oilandgas360.com. We also have you know really great um, energy thought leadership stuff from, from a lot of the contributors we have. And Stu also runs the Energy360 podcast, which, holy smokes, talk about some big hitters who have come across that we've had executives at Liberty. We've had executives at Goodwich Petroleum. Um, and Stu, big week coming up. We've got three lined up. Who? What do you got? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Uh, Monday is uh, Resfrac. Uh, you... Uh, really had a lot to do with that one so you want to give me a shoot at res frack so yeah i just i mean to be honest these are nerds from um <laughs> stanford who are brilliant and that's about all i know to be honest with you this is out of my league um i'm neither a patrol i have a degree in petroleum engineering and i neither am a petroleum guy or an engineer so it just so it, um it's something to do with Reservoir Fracture Technology. Point is, check them out, resfrac.com. All right, who's Tuesday? All right, uh, Tuesday we have Susan over at uh, North... Um, Great Western Petroleum. Great Susan, uh, I, I honestly, every time I see her last name, I think of like Susan Farquad from Trek. Oh, she or Farquad. so sharp. Blanca uh, Andrus, our CEO, uh, or excuse me, our chair... Uh, interviews her in the women and energy. And it's so good, Michael, that you had to bust it up into part one and part two. And I mean, this is cool. Let me just give you one golden nugget. One golden nugget on this is that she said, if you're a feminist, why, how can you support buying oil from other major companies that don't treat women good? Holy smokes, as you said, I didn't even think of that. This is a great interview. 
Um, the other, yeah, I mean, she cuts through. A, it's it's. I mean, you hear someone like her speak, and, and it makes you think. It, it makes sense. It makes, but but I don't think I don't think it's a lot of on people's mind. I think you know again what's going on you know domestically. I think generally takes precedent. But yeah, it was. I remember when she said that I was you know I was sitting by you know we're shooting this in the in Intercom's offices and I'm and Blanca's sitting there behind the green screen and you're doing her thing and I'm just listening so I can't see Susan but I can just. I can just hear what's going on because I haven't pulled them on the TV. I about fell out of my chair. I was like, holy smokes. Talk about a dagger to the throat. Well, you know, think about it. Uh, while I rant, this is going to be a quick rant, Michael. And that is, uh, let's take all the precious minerals that are required for solar. Look, you're, putting, you're banging your head on the desk. This is like, oh, man, you know where this is going. Okay. Child labor laws are being uh, abused to get all the stuff to run batteries. I mean, if you really want to be socially uh, responsible, check out who is abusing children in the mines in order to get all of our precious minerals for batteries. Okay, I'm done ranting on that one. The next one we have, thanks for I was like, this just went dark quickly. We're like <laughs> six minutes into this thing and we're already on child labor in mines. Of course that's disgusting, but uh, okay. where else can you hear this type of in-depth now? We go straight from the oil patch to child mine labor. Oh, hey, uh, I'm all about people. All right. Um, David, uh, excuse me, Mark Mills, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. We're letting him out, uh, out of the bag on Wednesday. That was a fabulous interview. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with author and fellow uh, Mark Mills. He knows his stuff uh, on the mining and everything else. So pretty darn good. Well, yeah, he's a... Uh... Uh, he's a co-founder and, and, a, and a partner over at Cottonwood Venture Partners, which is a uh, an energy technology uh, venture capital group that's out of I think Houston. It's either Houston or Tulsa. I don't actually know. Um, those guys are awesome. Though. They're 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 one of the pioneers in not just energy technology investing, but clean energy technology investing. And that's where Mark Mills cuts his chops. Awesome conversation. That's that one's the same length as Susan's, but we're gonna run that as a full podcast because it's just tough to cut that. It's too deep into the weeds. He talks so much, it's hard to swing it. So we'll keep that as a full part. You can check all of this out, as mentioned, via the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. You can also check out that podcast, Energy 360, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Um, uh, let's do this. I, I, I want to start with this hedging update because I, I was looking this morning. Um, it, this is very interesting to me. This is very interesting to me. Um, if, if you've been following the show at all, if you've been following, you know, kind of the sentiment around where we think pricing is going to, I think on the, the oil side, there's two camps and they're vehemently opposed with each other. If you're an oil guy, if you're an oil bear, you're standing on the mountain of global oil stocks are at an all time high. We have over 115 million barrels floating storage out there. We have demand that, you know, we were finally utilization that's only at 75%. We have imminent lockdowns coming specifically, you know, starting in Michigan, they locked down Wednesday. Um, mm. Chicago's locked down now. Denver's probably right around the corner. Stu's going to be the last guy that's not locked down before this whole thing's said and done. Yeah. But well, if we get to a zombie apocalypse, uh, come on out. I'm getting in a car and I'm coming over. Um, <laughs> and, and so I think people use that as an excuse to say oil should be $30. Then I think there's, there's now the bulls that are coming in. I think the bulls take a more longer term approach and say, 
okay, we might have some short-term-ish pain, but with the new Biden administration, with the fact that demand is only going to come back more, you know, I think people say we're never going to be more locked down than we were in March. So oil can't drop down to those levels. And it's just case. I'm not telling you this is what's going on. I'm telling you the sentiment on what camps people fall on. I think they also, I think bear, you know, I think bulls will also say regulation, like I mentioned from the Biden administration is going to, we're going to shift to renewables, which is naturally going to inflate the price of oil and gas prices. We've covered this in the show. I'm for that. Hot take. Hashtag hot take of the day. <laughs> um, so here, here is, and, and so that's the split camps on oil. Most people are in one of those two camps. I don't really care what one you subscribe to. I'm I don't even care what I subscribe to. I just want to be right. So, I'm with y'all I'm with y'all on whatever side is right. That's how I like to say it. <laughs> but on the natural gas side. On the natural gas side, Stu, it's what has the sentiment been for 6 months? What have we been hearing? 350 gas, $4 gas, it's coming. Natural gas is about to be $95. We're re, we're we're, we're going to be fracking natural gas shale wells left and right. I mean, that's the sentiment, right? From everybody. No, I've, I've been more of a, instead of the Dr. Doolittle push me, pull you, what do you call a bear, half bear, half bull? Uh, I'm right in the middle. So I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not really talking about you per se, even though you've been more bullish than bearish. I won't let you off the hook for this. Uh, okay. No, but but I'm not at the $4. I'm at the 320 But you know who's at the $4? All these data subscription companies. <laughs> I won't tell them. I won't. We don't need to name the names. We all know who the energy research firms are who have been having webinar after webinar, who might even go on the oil and gas conference and say, oh, $4 gas. We all know them. Yeah. $4 gas, okay? It could be coming. It could. But let's take a look at this. As we know, I like hedging. I think hedging, while it's, it's I, I don't want to say it's underutilized. I think it's underappreciated for rock-solid companies. I think you can, you can have bad acreage and survive off a de- with a decent hedge book. Now, you can't have bad acreage and survive with a bad hedge book. Or an under, in, in, and you have to be smart about it. So we could spend a whole show diving into my thoughts on hedging. But really, what you should do is, if you have any questions on it, just call our friends at Aegis. But you got to tell them the podcast sent you, or else we don't get credit. Um, call them up, Aegis Energy. I think it's Aegis Risk now. They dropped Energy. They're trying to rebrand themselves, uh, much like you are, Stu. Uh, um, drop in Energy, and they're just going a- Aegis Risk. Check them out, though. They're brilliant. Okay. They're going to answer all your questions better than I can, and they'll actually be able to help you out. I'll just kind of blather you on the phone for an hour. But what hedging for me shows, and and, and when you look at a hedge book for me, it shows me how bullish or bearish that management team is on the market. And and let's walk through the scenarios. If, if, If me and Stu are running a company right now, let's say we're running... Oh yikes, shale shale coat. We'll call ourselves uh, River Rock Resources. That's about as oil and gassy as it gets. River River Rock Resources. Okay, we're running River Rock Resources right now. We've got hundred thousand barrels a day. We're doing a production Eagleford shale. It's worthless. It's worthless. We're losing money left and right. 
But we've paid ourselves handsomely, so we don't really care. <laughs> um, if we're sitting here right now, yeah. on November 16th, 2020, let's just take the bear side. Let's say we, me and Stu fall in the category of we're oil bulls. We're perma bulls, baby. You know, do we like Biden got, having get it elected? Nah, not really. But we think it's good for oil prices. We believe what the Vital CEO thinks that with the new regulations, the shift to renewables will naturally cause an inflation of prices. If we continue to see quantitative easing around the world, there's only going to be more money at hand for lending and cat. You know, who gets all of the quantitative easing? It's not me and you. It's not the poor saps who need it who are unemployed. It's the J.P. Morgans of the world who then lend it out to large corporations to continue to grow because if the stock market grows, we all think the economy's doing great, right? Right. Hashtag hot take of the day. We don't think that on this show. Yeah, I'm just stealing stealing content from other people. You know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Here we go. So, what would we do? We're bulls. We're just, we're on the bull train, baby. Choo-choo, bulls! Well, our 100,000 barrels a day, we're looking at oil at $40 right now. 41.88. We think oil could be 55 bucks in two years. But what are we going to do? We're not going to hedge ourselves at prices at this point. Why would we do that? We're, why would we have a majority of our production? Why would we have 50, 60, 70% of our production hedged? Hedging allows you to, what, what, what is a hedge? A hedge is a protection against downside risk with limited upside potential. Okay, it limits your upside potential while subsequently taking out risk on the downside. In a bear market, it's a great strategy. If Stu and I were perma bears, which between me and you, I think Stu is. Stu's hedging like crazy. He's throwing hedges left and right. We're getting 70, 80, 90. We might even go 100% of our production if that's the case. Why? Because it's never been cheaper to hedge right now. You can get $40 a barrel, okay? So that's how these operators think. If they're naturally bullish on the price, they generally have a less intense hedge book than if they have a more bearish view. Because if you have a more bearish view, let's load up on risk. You can make, like I said, you can survive off hedges, okay? After quarter three, 2020, this is a Bloomberg report. They went through and broke down, how many operators is it? Six million barrels a day they're looking at. I think it's quarter three filings for 43 firms as of November 11th, 2020. Okay? Mm -hmm. So this is a pretty good snapshot of what the hedge book's like. Hedge book looks like across the industry. Oil. This is this is fascinating to you. Producers are now hedged 20% of estimated 2021 oil production at an average price of 42.16. Interesting. Somebody's bullish. Somebody in the oil industry is bullish. That number shocked me. Especially at these prices. And cuz I would have thought a lot of these executives would have used this opportunity to we, we, we can't have, a, if we lock down, this was an unprecedented event. Nobody five, two years ago, if you had, and, and don't lie to yourself, two years ago, if you had told yourself we could get locked down for a virus, you would have laughed. Nobody would have believed it. I wouldn't have. I would have laughed at you. Ha, 
Locked down? What? What is this? Contagion the movie? But it happened. Okay? So I think a lot I think in the back of these minds, now there's that anything can happen. Or at least I would have thought that before I looked at this data. But when you look at the data, 20%. Man, oil execs, hey, I mean, makes sense. They're bulls, baby. They're bulls. Why not? Yep. But I'm going to see how that number changes moving forward. But as of right now, November 11th, make a wish, to Woo! They all made they, it's It's absolutely, that's funny. It's as of November 11th, 2020. All those oil executives made a wish. And their wish on 11-11, higher oil prices. I'm right there with them. But here's the funny part. Getting back to our favorite energy research firms. As we've aforementioned, we've been hearing 350, 4, 450. I, I remember seeing 480 gas somewhere. Okay? Gas-centric producers hold... What's the quote from Bloomberg? Gas-centric producers hold a robust 2021 position, all of which are expected to face substantial losses with rising Henry Hub prices, okay? But get this. Producers are hedged 51% of expected production at an average price of $2.79. What? How, how can that be? Why is that? Uh, maybe they're not as bullish as all of the people who are selling them data are. It just fascinates me. These people are making buco bucks off selling data, and, the pe- and, and they're coming to different conclusions than the same people who are buying it. It just cracks me up. That shocks me, Stu. 51% of expected production. I guess there's the bu- where, all these bulls in natural gas. Where are they in the industry? Now, this could be... This could be for a lot of reasons. It could just be they realize it's cheap to pick up product, uh, production. But if we really were going to have a sustained move above $3, and I'm talking sustained, move to three fifty, move to 4 stay above that, maybe wind back down, why would you hedge yourself right now? It just doesn't make much sense to me, to be honest with you. And why not wait to hedge when oil's four do- or when gas is $4 then? Those puts are going to be much cheaper on the downside. Yep. 51% Stu? I don't know, this, this, I don't want to say make me fell out of my chair, but it just made me, it made me cackle, you know, because if there's one position I've been adamant about is that I'm, I'm not subscribing to the $354 gas market. We got up to 320. I was nervous for a second. Don't worry, but we're right back down. I, I, this, this was unbelievable. This number, 51% of expected natural gas production. At an average price of $2.79. Natural gas right now, $2.83. Woof. That's a free... People pay hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for this analysis. I'm mostly kidding, but it's just hilarious. Companies make buco bucks selling data. You're not and, the same co- and, and, the, and their clients have a 180 view yeah, of what's going on. No pay raise, dude. No pay raise. I I don't deserve a pay raise. <laughs> Not the so th- that just that just makes so that's that's just that's just an, I think an interesting theme. <laughs> Obviously, those numbers could change. They they're changing every single day. We're only privy to it four times a year. So this you know we, you know we'll put this one in the bank. Come February when uh, quarter uh, four earnings come out of twenty twenty could be completely different. We can all call me an idiot. I'm totally fine with that. Um, let's do the international news desk, Stu. What do you got today? 
Hey, this morning over the weekend, we had a couple interesting things uh, happen. Peru, uh, the interim president, uh, I believe this was the, I have to check, but he was the third one in two weeks. Uh, talk about a revolving door uh, presidential campaign. Boy, that's kind of wild politics. Uh, you know, you sit back and, and take a look. How this applies to energy, though, is this, this is going to be something to watch political civil unrest and what that means to energy is going to be something for the u.s to watch so take a look this could be energy pricing ahead of time peru is something to watch what may affect the what u.s is coming around the corner so um anyway we'll talk about politics later but this is one to watch peru uh if all I'll say is they have a hundred. This is a this is a, this is a fact. War is good for oil prices. Let's move on. I don't want to say anything. To okay, say that. this is kind of funny. Uh, I got a funny one for you. They have a hundred and thirty different political parties. Okay, we have two. What would you rather, two or one hundred and thirty-eight? Five. I wasn't there. Okay, fair enough. I think that's good. <laughs> All right, next, moving on around the world. Get your arms, get put your trade table up. Saudi Aramco. Uh, we covered this oh, last this week. Good. Saudi Aramco last week. We covered this on the Newsbeat last week. And the Saudi uh, government really relies on, I believe it's $5 billion, uh, $75 billion dividend commitment. But of that, there's a certain $70 billion goes to the Saudi government to pay for their social programs and they committed that they would continue paying that for five years so i think they got they're in there uh they got three more years to commit to this they're having to go to into debt in order to maintain their payments to the saudi government i love the folks over ramco i, I think that they are really in the long-term good management um and they can make money at what three dollars a barrel but low money uh is hurting the whole saudi arabian government and their people so well yeah there's a whole nother aspect saudi aramco can make money at negative 45 dollars it seems like but the problem is they've definitely committed themselves on the um you know maybe on the on the social program side and that has nothing to do with with the with the aramco guys you know like i said we love them over there um but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is interesting when the largest oil company in the world, probably the best run oil company in the world, um, has to take out debt to make a dividend payment. It's, what is it? Same, what do they say? say new clothes, same problem? Or do they say <laughs> new day, same problems? Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, same marriage, new problems. <laughs> okay. Check out our graphics department here. Uh, this is the next story. Okay, look at this bed bag dog picture. That's a picture of me on the way to the North Slope. Just thought I'd share that with you. Uh, now, uh, Trump. That's not, a, so you really are the international man of mystery. Uh, yeah, I, that was last week. Okay, Trump uh, rushes invite. Hey. That was not last week. <laughs> I was like, I was sorry. I was just very confused. Like, wait a second. I was saying if you're paying attention. Okay. I was definitely, I'm, I'm paying attention. 
No, you're not. You you were beating your head against the desk earlier. Hey, uh, Trump. Uh, well, of course, because I'm your, you know, straight man. Trump uh, rushes environmental regulations that can handcuff Biden. Holy smokes. We don't know what's going on. You know, Biden, Trump, I don't care who you are on politics. Uh, it's disgusting. Fire all politicians. Let's get all new ones. Um, anyway, the federal regulations, this will be something to watch. The article says that it'll handcuff. There you are chewing your nails and not paying attention. Michael, you, you're just... I'm lit. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm reading new... Just continue. I'm listening to you. I'm done arguing with you. Oh, no. You, okay, I know you well enough. We've had a great run together on everything. I know you don't multitask well. You're talking about Russia. Oh, no. I'm not talking about Russia. I'm talking about... Yes, you are. No. Just... just. We, we are having fun this week, man. And we're, we're so busy. It's unbelievable how busy we are this week. We are going to have a great week. And a fantastic week, Michael. And I see this callus forming on your forehead, having to deal with a bonehead like me. So it's fine. I, I I wake up every morning excited to get a call you and get to go to work. So most people don't get to say that. That is true. But we are having a great week. I'm just telling you. I'm warning you right now. We're gonna have a great week. We're gonna have a great week. Um, okay, we've got politics. And this the, the, this far, artist formerly known as In Canada Laugh we have to do. I think we just, let's quickly do this politics, and then we'll, we'll have a quick laugh, send these guys home. So you have some interesting stuff that you, an interesting bend you want to take on politics. Let's hear it. Oh, no. I'm not, let's save that for a whole rant on that. I'm not. Okay, we'll save that for a whole show. Whew. I was nervous for a second, guys, but I think we'll have time. We'll dive into a show. I know some things that are coming out this week. Uh, I could make some predictions. Uh, how was I right on the uh, peace treaties? I was right. You were good on the peace. You were. You had the peace treaties. Okay, you had the peace treaties. I got sources. You do have sources. So we'll. I, I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I don't have a gag order on me, which means that means I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have a gag order. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Something that just dropped the news desk when Stu thought I wasn't listening to him, but I was. SM Energy announces redetermination of their borrowing base and also signs a pact for South Texas well completions. Well, good for them. Money well spent. <laughs> Fourth quarter CapEx guidance reduced by about $15 million, but we'll complete some wells in South Texas. <laughs> that will be unprofitable. That didn't make their news press release. <laughs> I just, I'm just adding. I'm just adding. Oof. It just cracks me up. Redetermine a borrowing base. Next news that immediately drops. We're completing some wells. It's like these are crackheads. They can't get enough. It's just, it's, it just cracks me up. Uh, they actually own money in the uh, drilling company, the oil field service company. So they're trying to keep their employees hired. That's a joke. Okay. I was about to say, if that's true, I feel bad, but not really. No, it's... Um, <laughs> seek, I love me the Seeking Alpha headline. SM wins well completion deal. Reaffirms borrowing base. Talk about permable website. Just FYI, anybody, because they come up on SEO a lot. So everybody who Google, if you ever read a Seeking Alpha article, they're not bad. I don't mind them. 
guys, it's permabulls. They're just pumping you. They're pumping you bullish information. So just whew, relax with the, oh, Seeking Alpha said this. Well, great. I take them with a block of salt. You know, I the stuff I used to put out with the cattle, big block of salt, you know, <laughs> not, not a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's wrap up here with with a quick laugh. I don't want to spend too much time on this because we've already beaten Ovitin or the artist formerly known as Encana over the head so much. You know what we think of them. Value creation, none. All right. <laughs> this just, I'm sorry, people. News leaks on Reuters this weekend. This ran two, three days ago. I think this was Friday afternoon. Headline, Ovitin puts Eagleford asset... Up for sale, according to sources. Ovitin is looking to sell its Eagleford acreage in south-central Texas. Several people familiar with the matter said on Friday, the latest debt-ridden oil and gas producer put up assets on the block to raise cash during this year's coronavirus-fueled oil. So that's too long of a sentence. I'm not a wordsmith, but that's too long. Okay? What do they think they'll fetch for him? <laughs> Asset could fetch 600 to 700 million, according to one of the sources. The divestiture plan is in an early stage, sources said, requesting a nominee while the discussion is. Who is this person? Like, who's who's dropping this? Is this somebody? This is what I was wondering. Who's leaking this? Uh, it's probably someone who's buying it because they want <laughs> they want to make Ovitin look like idiots because they're like, look, they're about to deal to it for 700 million. They bought this bad boy in 2014 from Freeport, uh, Mc. Mc, McMorin, 3.1 billion. <laughs> Great ROI, people. It's negative. Just in case you need help with the math. It just... These... these pe- And then these people wonder why we make fun of them. They just headlines write themselves. It just cracks me up. Stupid is as stupid does. This is like, and then so, so I was, have you ever, have you ever seen, uh, there's this movie called The Goods, Live Hard, Sell Hard. You ever seen this? No. Have you ever seen The Goods? No, I, I was just reading uh, So it's about car salesmen and there's this thing that's called a Nigerian buyback. It's no. where you, you, you turn in, you turn in, a customer does a trade in and then 20 minutes later you sell them the trade in back for a markup. This is what's about to, what's to happen to Ovitin. They're going to swing this deal. Right. They're going to sell this for $600 million to somebody. Then in three years, they're going to buy it back at a premium because uh, oil prices have increased and all of a sudden the Eagle Fert is, is they're going to get it on a Nigerian buyback. Wow. The goods, Don Reddy. Anybody who knows. If you know, you know. I got to hand it to Nigeria. They are about the Great most- people. Oh, yeah. They're the most creative way to steal that I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> They have pirates. I mean, all of the internet things. That's Somalia. No, it's not. Have you? I've got so many emails from Nigeria on our news, on our uh, thing going, we want to buy oil. We, You get credit card. You give us credit card information, and we'll sell you oil ahead of time. I'm like, yeah. I So I asked, uh, you know, for some friends' credit cards to try to sell them. It sounds like a great deal, though. You can always give them my number. Uh, Okie dokie. <laughs> Okie dokie. I think that's everything we've got. Um, great micro show, Michael. Yeah, what better way to end than on a little uh, The Goods Live, live Hard, Sell Hard movie reference. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and just cue the music, guys. Thank you for checking us out here on the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. Energy news rant here on this gorgeous November 16th, 2020. Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you guys this afternoon for the Energy News Beat.